You're listening to a Mornings with Kelly and Steve podcast. Be sure to check us out every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on Moody Radio. Nancy, this is a really good question because I see a lot of people struggle with this. Uh, they believe that whatever it is that they've done in their life, it somehow makes them unpresentable to the Lord. And we know from original sin, yes, but there's justification of Christ. And we get this, we get caught up in this whole big thing about who we are. And you brought this up to say there's so much noise and there is so much, so many voices in our life. We can often lose who we are and the big question of who am I? So let's dive into this and try and understand this a little bit better. Yeah, I think I think this is just such such an interesting question. Who am I? Because the reality is, uh, so many people struggle with that. Who am I? Uh, whose am I? And why am I? These these questions about life and and this particular question is about words and. Words matter, you know. I, I think of John, uh, uh, the book of John 1. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So we see in the beginning, uh, from in John, the idea that in the Word became flesh, that's Jesus. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So words matter to God. And whatever Jesus said was the truth. And when we measure ourselves uh, next to that, and we're told to love others and serve others from Christ, uh, our words matter, and they matter a great deal. They can build up and encourage, or they can tear down. You know, leaving scars that can affect how we think and live our lives. And and I think our words directly reflect the worldview we, we embrace by how we honor others, no matter who they are, um, by the way we live our lives. And for the Christian, by the way we are, are hopefully striving every day to bring glory to God and not to ourselves. Words matter. And, and Proverbs 15.4, a gentle tongue is a tree of life. But perversiveness in it breaks the spirit. How many of us have had our spirits broken hmm. by words that were that were spoken to hurt and to tear down? And then we see John one one twenty two. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So the idea of of hypocrisy comes up here. Um, by being consistently kind and, and generous and, and to build up words of healing rather than tearing down. And I think we have to just remember that our call is to love one another and love one another uh, includes with the words. Yeah, that is so true. And, you know, there are people that God allows into our lives, and I don't think we have to think too hard or too long to come up with uh, people that have come along and influenced us in life as great encouragers. You're a great encourager in my life, Nancy. You have been. Um, Steve's been an encourager. It doesn't take me long to to 
find those people, but there are people also, and I, I know all of you listening could probably name someone in a heartbeat who's been a great discourager as well, maybe somebody who lied about you and caused you a lot of pain and you're still struggling with that. And then likewise, uh, when you consider, because those things, whether you're getting encouraged or discouraged, those words that people speak to you and speak over you are are going to play into how you see yourself Mm. and your identity and who you are. So when you consider that also, maybe one of the greatest influencers, especially with teenagers today, is social media. And kids are spending hours upon hours daily on social media. And that should be of great concern to us, especially as parents. Talk about the effect that that has on them, Nancy, especially if they're asking that question, who am I? Yes, and I I just think this is for not for kids today, but this is for parents, grandparents, you know, uh, nieces, nephews, whoever we are that that were around the younger generation. It's a very serious problem. And for some reason, parents, uh, most parents are just not aware, really, of the amount of time that that young people are, are buried in unreality, which is uh, on the social media, you know, be it YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or or Snapchat. Um, There's a lot of activity and a lot of bad stuff going on. The the 2018 Pew uh, Pew Research Center surveyed 750 13- to 17-year-olds and found that 45% are online almost constantly, 45%. They carry their phones with them. They they can't concentrate because their primary uh, focus is is when when a text comes in. And ninety seven percent use a social media platform. And and this this is absolutely astounding. And that was back in eighteen. And it's worth not. It's worse now. Uh, Mayo Clinic says social media can uh, use can negatively affect teens, distracting them, disrupting their sleep, and exposing them to bullying, rumors spreading, unrealistic views of other people's lives, which is huge, and peer pressure. And you know, it's interesting. Uh, I have ten grandkids, and and I communicate with them regularly and I because I care and I want to get into their minds and um, uh, they talk about their group chats one in particular uh, the other week and some teens within the group that the group that they that they joined are bullying by making fun of other kids within that group and they're spreading lies of them they're, they're planning parties where only some in the group are invited, you know. And rejection from this kind of abuse, and it is abuse, caused stress, anxiety, and fear, not only to those targeted students, but also in the group who are spectators of such hurtful behavior. And I don't think, until I really started studying this, it is evil what goes on in there. Yes, there's some good. Yes, of course. But most of it is gossip and, and spreading lies. To build these insecure kids up, they use the website, 
to tear down others. And, you know, <clears throat> in this case, you know, my grandkids are leaving their groups because they said it just causes anxiety in them. And they're participators, or they're not participators, they're listeners. And they all responded that they felt relief after leaving these groups. And I think it behooves, it behooves parents and grandparents to understand kids are in this and we need to talk about it. We need to ask them how they're feeling about this, this and that and the other. And if they're feeling anxious, if they're not sleeping, whatever, then it needs to be addressed. And some of them are so addicted, they just can't be from their phones. And I love, love the idea of just turning off your phones you know, uh, and taking your kids' phones, putting them in a basket uh, at night, and they don't get to use them because kids go to sleep with this and, and it's not healthy. Uh, but anyway, I think, it, it, and it says here, I think this is very good, and, and it comes from, uh, let's see, Marianne McCabe, and she says this, young people may particularly be vulnerable to social media's charms and harms. During adolescent development, brain regions associated with the uh, desire for attention, feedback, and reinforcement from peers become more sensitive. Meanwhile, <clears throat> the brain regions involved in self-control have not fully matured. They can be a recipe for disaster. And then she says the need to prioritize teens is a normal part of adolescent development. And youth are turning to social media for some that long for peer contact. Uh, and then the original yearning in social, but kids can accidentally wander into harmful content. And I'm, I'm just saying, this is from a clinical psychologist speaking. And, and she gets these kids that have gone in over their head and need counseling to get out. And keep in mind, suicide in teens is up 300%. Yeah. And we have, I just think, Steve, you know, you've got two sons, um, uh, Kelly, a son. We have to, we have to speak into this. Somebody has to speak truth, words that build up and encourage. And I just don't think we realize um, how dangerous this can be. Well, you know, when you point to the fact that the social aspect, <clears throat> there's a longing to be socially active with others. When I think back to when we were kids, our parents would want to know, hey, where are you going? Right? We were getting our interaction from getting on our bike and going to friends' houses. But our parents wanted to know, is that house safe for you to be there? Can I, I want to meet the parents. I want to know who they are. And if they observe something that they don't like or an influence that they don't want on us, then they would say, well, you know what? You can't go to his house anymore. Um, he's welcome to come here, but I don't want you to go there. For whatever reason it is, because we might be exposed to something, whether that's alcohol or drugs or any other thing that we see in that happens in a household, there was this awareness of a parent to say, hey, that's an area I don't want you to go to because of the influence, it's bad. But now that it's digital, we don't do oh, that. We don't yeah. say, because in effect, 
they are virtually going to someone's house, right? And now they're doing it behind this closed screen because we don't get to see all of the interactions. No matter what, how we monitor our kids' phones, we don't see it all. We know that. And so this is a question that we've got to really deal with, address it, because this does have a negative impact. So how does it impact their identity now that they are online and not necessarily just being social in the, you know, in, in, I'll call it the physical world, like, because I'm present with my friends. Now it's just this digital context. How does that really skew their identity, Nancy? Right. And their groups are made up of people that they're sitting next to and they're texting, by the way. And they don't know how to have conversations and they don't know how to have discussions, healthy discussions. Yeah. It's it's absolutely insane. And so that's why we need to start talking to our kids and, and having this let's talk about that. And they don't know how. And and their their skills of conversation are just pathetic. Uh, but I, I do think that if our children and grandchildren and nieces and nephews only hear, see, and believe what is on social media without healthy voices of Christian parents, aunts and uncles, everybody, and their friends speaking truth into them, they will struggle with their identity. And keep in mind, these groups that they're into, Steve, it doesn't stop in the digital. It goes right into the schools with these kids. Yeah. And it's the chatter among kids that becomes live, not digital. But it's continued to reject, make fun of, uh, exclude. And I'm telling you, it's terrible. And so many of these kids, I'm going to say it again, are killing themselves because of this. Yeah. Because of the rejection in the lies. And they do not know how to deal with it. And I just think it's an opportunity for us uh, to teach them that they're not a, project, a product of the culture. They're not a product of the lies that are being said. They're created in the image of God to be loved by God and to love him and, and to love others. And, and the thing is, God's word is what's true. And no matter what the circumstances are or how we feel, God's word is true, what he says about us. And when God speaks about who he says we are, we have to listen and believe and respond by trusting in Christ. This is who I am and be able to start screening out the lies that, that we're hearing. And I think as parents, we can do so much, so many healthy things with our with our kids to remind them who they are. Years ago, uh, I was teaching, and uh, bottom line, this kid was just depleted. He was in trouble in school. He he didn't, you know, he just could not function because of the lies that were coming into him um, from his friends, and he was just feeling rejected. It was awful. And so uh, God gave, us, gave me, just by reading the scriptures, just what we need to do and how we can start speaking scriptures into these kids. And we call it a framing exercise, and it's on, it's, it's on the question of the week that's already posted what we're talking about today at anchorsway.org, just go to question of the week. It's the first one you'll see. 
and you can actually highlight it, cut and paste it. Um, and and this is it's like a script. I'm going to read it to you of what how we can talk to our kids. Just sit them down and and say, Have you ever considered how God feels about you? And it goes like this: For God to speak into us, God God would say, and all this comes from the scriptures. I love you, and I've loved you before the beginning of time. I put you together in your mother's womb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You matter to me, and I made you different from all the other people I have created through time. The iris of your eye, your thumbprint in your DNA are unique just to you. I I designed you in my image so that you can reason, be relational, and be able to receive my love and and love me in return. I love you so much that I sacrificed my son to die by crucifixion, to pay in full the price for all your sins, past, present, and future. And because you believe in me and what I have done, I have I have made you my child and sent the Holy Spirit to live in you forever. This is not a little piece of me, but all of me in you. And through the work of the Holy Spirit in you, you now have access to all that you will ever need to live life to the full, to experience love and joy and peace and patience, kindness in goodness, in faithfulness, in gentleness, in self-control. Because it's through me, as you you read my word in the scriptures, you will learn more of who I am, who you are, and what it is I require of you. I don't want your performance as an attempt to earn my love, acceptance, or acknowledgement. You already have it all. As my child, I want you to be a light of hope, and encouragement to the world who need me. I want you to love me and love others by loving and serving them and by being ready and willing to tell them about me. Yes, I designed you with purpose of living life to the fullest. And and when you die, you will no longer experience suffering and death, but you will live with me forever in heaven. And, you know, we hear this and we went, that God would say that about me? Yes, and that comes from Psalms and Genesis and John and First John and Ephesians, Galatians, Matthew, Luke, and John. Again, Scripture is filled with God literally, you know, just speaking into us with great power and great force, but great love and peace. This is who you are. You are not what you are hearing in those group chats. You are called to be light, to to be loving others. And, And this kind of thing does not fit. And I think, and I've done it with my grandkids, I I tell you, and I speak this into them all the time. So it will counter the lies that they're hearing um, from the from the media. And the thing is, when you hear these words spoken directly from God, you will know that the lies and hurt uh, others have put on you do not identify who you are as a person. And God, remember, is a rescuer, and he will rescue us 
from those who hurt us. And he, he, he calls us again to forgive those who persecute us mm-hmm. with the hope that someday they too will find hope in Christ. You know, um, God wants us not to be controlled by others, not to hate others who put us down or speak harshly to us, but right. to forgive them and love them and, and try your best through the work of the Holy Spirit to be kind in loving because those people that are that are the bullies those people are simply identifying who they are they're identifying their weakness when they when they pour out to others and you know i think philippians 4 8 and 9 again is so important to read especially for kids that are anxious because uh paul says here Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, and this is so important on the topic today, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Perfect. You know, there is a change about what the world says about us today than what it used to say, right? We still have all the same trappings, but there is a change in the fact that it is so, the negative aspect of it is so readily available to our kids today. Mm-hmm. There were there were higher boundaries to get through. There were borders, you know, that you had to cross in order to experience some of these things. But now it's been given straight to us. This can be the the tool of the enemy that can break down our children you cause that confusion they don't know who they are Mm -hmm. and then they meander off and we know what happens when we don't know who we are we go try to find it elsewhere but the only true place to find it is who you are in christ and that's the message that so many people Mm -hmm. need to be speaking to their kids today that is so true and if we don't they'll listen to other voices and that's just a fact Uh, this this is, is timely yeah, this has been so good. Thank you, Nancy, for this. I um, want to let you know you can connect with Nancy Fitzgerald and Anchors Away at anchorsaway.org. You're listening to Mornings with Kelly and Steve on Moody Radio, from the word to life.